0: A reading from Mark 6, 1-13. He left that place and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. On the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astounded. They said, Where did this man get all this? What is this wisdom and what has been, that has been given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter? the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Then Jesus said to them, Prophets are not without honor except in their hometown and among their own kin and in their own house. And he could do no deed of power there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then he went about among the villages teaching. He called the 12 and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. He said to them, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you, and they refuse to hear you, as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them.
1: summer. Um, Many of you will know that Tecora is supported by you guys at Bloomsbury, so I'm really thrilled to be able to be with you today and share a little bit about what I think God is saying to us all in this passage. I'm firstly wanting to think about this passage in terms of welcome. Firstly in the welcome of those who are hearing Jesus, the disciples, and then lastly Jesus and consider what perhaps we can learn for ourselves in terms of welcome. I wonder what your first thoughts were as you heard this passage being read? I confess my first thought was, well his hometown really aren't a very friendly bunch, are they? But who were they? What does it mean, this hometown? Well says that Jesus goes on the Sabbath to the synagogue. So far, so good. This would have been the completely right, normal thing to do. He's gone back to his hometown. Imagine he would have expected to have been known, perhaps welcomed. Jesus should feel at home. That's what hometown means, after all. But then Jesus starts teaching. The text says that they were amazed, astounded. And this is similar to when Jesus speaks in Capernaum in Mark 1.22. But in the text there, it says that they were astounded, but the reception was largely positive. But Jesus' reception in his hometown here takes a turn, doesn't it? Those who were listening would probably have been men in the synagogue, those in standing in the area, responsible for the general running of the synagogue and the town. Now, of course we read this text as people who know who and what Jesus goes on to be and to do. But this isn't the case for those who are listening to him. I think now we often think of the world astounded and amazed to be positive words. But, as this passage unfolds, we can clearly see that those listening and not seeing their uh, their amazement as a positive emotion. So, what are their objections? Well, they ask questions, don't they? Where did he get these things? Isn't he Mary's son? Isn't he a carpenter? Now, what is happening here? Well, clearly what they are hearing doesn't fit with their preconceived ideas of who Jesus was. In their mind, the son of Mary, and isn't it interesting they didn't say son of Joseph, and a carpenter. Not one who should be coming into the synagogue and teaching with such authority. However, what is clear is that Jesus' practice is not in question. In that, Indeed, those listeners state what is this wisdom and what are these remarkable miracles he is performing. Clearly, they have heard about what Jesus is doing previously. Jesus' amazing ability isn't in question. Rather than this doesn't fit with the preconceived idea of who Jesus should be. But yet, Their attitude impacts on Jesus' role within the town. In verse five, we see that Jesus does not perform many miracles there, impacted by their lack of faith. There is clearly a challenge between familiarity and rejection. So what does Jesus' hometown reaction say to us today about welcome? I want you, for a moment, to put yourselves in their position. This man, who'd previously been a carpenter, has turned up at the cynical after hearing rumours about miraculous deeds he's been doing. He's teaching with such wisdom that makes you feel deeply challenged, that causes you to question your preconceived perception of Jesus. It's in contrast to what you're seeing and hearing. I wonder whether I would have been the same. How welcome would I have been to Jesus coming to my hometown and perhaps potentially turning everything upside down, challenging me, speaking with such wisdom and authority that's messing with my head. To welcome those who have left and returned can often be such a struggle, can't it? I guess for many of you here at Bloomsbury, you find it more difficult to identify with those at the synagogue. Maybe you've had more experience of going back to your hometown. There may not be loads have grown up in your area, I guess. For me too, I've gone away and served in another country in Albania. However, many of our church community at Tekora have had much experience of those who have left returning. As I was just sharing earlier, in Albania, many are desperate to leave. A combination of lack of hope for the future, lack of job opportunities, and the idea that somewhere, anywhere, might be better. This means that many families, leave, uh, that many families living in the areas surrounding Tikora centres in Duras and Toronto have tried to leave. Many try and go on to claim asylum in France, and England and in Germany, and when this fails, they have to return. You'll have heard about the deals that are said of 90% of the, um the British government keeps saying of Albanians that are returning. When they come back, the church communities then have a church to make.
0: What welcomes
1: they give to these returning families. They were often told by those within the church, don't go, don't waste your money. Many have borrowed money to go and are returning with massive debt. The temptation to say, I told you so, can be great. At Tecora, we've worked hard to be a place of sanctuary for those who return like this. This requires great humility from our community members to enable people to start building their lives again. To not say, I told you so, but to show welcome. I found it deeply moving and challenging whilst working here to see people who themselves have very little to welcome those returning after they've risked all they had. This has been spearheaded by our social worker, Rogers, at Tekora providing this practical support, but also working with other community members to enable this humble welcome. But we see from those at Jesus' hometown this clear lack of humility, an unwillingness to change their perception of Jesus rather being fixed in what they want to follow and know about him, resulting in this very chilly welcome, leading to taking offence. For you, I wonder whether there are times you have not given this humble welcome to those who have returned. So what about those disciples? I wonder if you identify more with them in terms of the welcome they receive in each place. In terms of Jesus' hometown, we hear very little about them, but we know that they accompany Jesus and clearly see the welcome he receives. But then, from verse 7, we see Jesus' instructions to the disciples. To summarise, they go in pairs, they are given authority, they are told to expect hospitality and to not stay where they aren't welcomed. Amazingly, these instructions lead to the disciples being able to cast out demons and heal the sick. It causes me again to ponder on the impact of welcome upon the, dif- upon the difference the disciples and Jesus are able to make. As Jesus was not welcomed in his hometown, the text says that he was not able to undertake many miracles. Conversely, we hear of the disciples being able to undertake the miracles under Jesus's authority, in the places where they were welcome. I wonder how it would feel to be these disciples, to know that they have Jesus's authority, but yet also knowing that they should push, they should push on, not stay in places where they are not welcome, and they should assess this for themselves. When Dan and I first moved to Albania, we spent time looking at where we should start Tecora. Looking at where there was a welcome. I remember an evening where it was pouring with rain. In October 2015, the river was rising next to the Tekora centre in Tirada, threatening homes along the side of the river, in the area where Tecora is now based. People asking us to come and drink terrible coffee in their small shack offering cigarettes as welcome. From this welcome, we knew this was a place we should start Tehoram. Fast forward to 2024 and we see the people who gave this welcome being those who know and accept Jesus. Very often, not the people who we may have identified as those that Jesus would reach. We don't know what the disciples think. All we can see is their obedience. Perhaps there is a lesson to us about ensuring that we are obedient to those who are responding to the welcome that we receive. Techora set up another centre in Duras just about a year ago. I confess that I was sceptical. We were given a building, but I wasn't sure that we had capacity. I just didn't know that we could do it. Very little faith on my behalf would be fair to say. But yet now, the centre is busy every day with a holistic expression of faith, from small groups of women from the factory opposite, meeting to eat, talk and play, to groups to enable teenagers to think about a hopeful future in Albania. What did we have? We had an obedience to respond to the welcome that was offered to us. When women from the factory asked a me, we enabled that to happen. I wonder whether, as Jesus' is disciples today, Our role is to be open to the welcome given to us and to be obedient to that welcome offered, even if it may test our faith and question our capacity. I'm absolutely sure that that was true for the disciples too. There's also a call to mission here, following commissioning. What I love is that Jesus is so clear about what they should do through his authority. We've been Albania nearly ten years now, and there's certainly been ups and downs. But what has held us here? Well, the commitment that we were sent by God in His authority. Absolutely nothing to do with us. This is the same for all of us, whichever bit of the world God has placed us in for however long. Lastly, the call to the disciples to shake the dust off. What a challenge this can be. To recognise, to leave behind those who refuse the message of love, acceptance and grace. But this is a message of expecting and accepting radical hospitality from others and to not stay where a welcome is not offered. This is a release from the negative energy and the consequences of rejection and to recognise there are places where the radical message will be accepted and some that it will not. This is a need for the obedience and responsibility of the disciples, and therefore us. And lastly to Jesus and his welcome, what can we learn for how we should welcome others from what happens to Jesus? I wonder whether that here, there are some who can identify with how Jesus was treated when he returned home rejected by people who took offence because he was not who they expected him to be, but yet he was exactly who he was created to be. We can only imagine what it must have felt like for Jesus and his family who have been ostracised in this manner. To be treated as an outcast or different is something who, that many who we are involved with at the Tecora are very used to. We work with people with disabilities who are often shamed. People from Roma heritage and refugees' families who have ended up in Albania, often having moved through many different countries. Those who have previously been rejected are often the very people who are able to give the best welcome. Tekora has been working with the National Refugee Centre for a number of years now. And there have been a number of Kosovan refugees who have been living here in Albania since the Kosovan War in the 1990s. When the refugees came from Afghanistan a few years ago as part of a government deal to Albania, it was the Kosovan refugees who had become members of the Church of Tekora who gave the Afghan refugees a welcome and invited them to come to Tekora and to get involved in the project. It was so beautiful to see those who have felt like outsiders in the past, involving those who felt so alone to be a part of Tekora. God's welcome in action. For those who have been rejected, this passage gives us great comfort. To know that Jesus has experienced that very feeling and that we can find our strength of welcome in him. And so I wonder who you want to connect with in terms of the welcome that is given when you read this passage. Those in this hometown, offended and threatened by change? If this is you, take time to question why you are refusing to welcome that which you find threatening. Perhaps you're fearful. Undoubtedly. There would have been many in Jesus' hometown who would have been. Be assured, you've already been loved, welcomed, and accepted by Jesus. Our response is to do the same to others. Help us to be challenged by the assumptions through familiarity. Many of us choose to act differently, but may us choose to act differently than those in his hometown to welcome Jesus when he challenges us, surprises us. Or perhaps you identify more with the disciples obediently following the welcome that is offered or by Jesus' reflection in his hometown. Who are you being challenged to go to, to be welcomed by? Is it people that you don't expect to be welcomed by? As we consider that question, May we be guided like the disciples to see opportunities where God is calling us to embrace the uncertainty and willingness to accept welcome in unexpected places. And lastly, help us to welcome the outcasts. Help us to identify those who are being rejected and give a welcome, a rejected welcome like Jesus was in a place where he should feel at home, knowing that followers of Jesus experience this rejection and our response should be to offer the inclusion that is offered through Christ. Let us pray together. Dear Lord, as we consider this passage, help us be radical in our acceptance and our giving of welcome. Help us to identify times where we need to identify those that need to be offered a welcome and also that we need to be those that accept a welcome. Help us to know like the disciples when we should push on to be released from that negative energy at times but also help us to be dogged in our determination to show you and show the welcome that is offered by you for others. In your name, Amen. Thank you so much for being able to share with you this morning.
2: Loving God sometimes we look at the world around us and wonder at the glory of your creation the blossoming of snowdrops and daffodils the highlighter and herald the hope of spring the return of songbirds and the endeavor of nest building other times we look upon the world a despair for the damage mankind continues to cause through over-exploitation, through conflict or the disparity of wealth. May we who have received your communion see the world through your eyes with hope, love and a plan for its gain. We heard this morning of the rejection of Christ in his hometown. A snobbery against a lowly craftsman who can't be a scholar or a teacher. Ignoring the history of their own community, the calling of David, the youngest son, and a shepherd to be king. Teach us, please, Lord to look past the outer layers of the people we see and to see their values as an individual rather than the stereotype we might see on the outside. We trust that we would come to ask, what brings you to our place of meeting before condemning someone for being here? Be that through asylum, need, Poverty, or whatever it might be, that has brought someone to where we meet them. We heard about your commissioning of the disciples and sending them out to ministry, sent without food or money, with limited clothing, and trusting that you will provide. We pray for those who've heard that call. And had the faith to follow that path we ask for your blessing and provision that your kingdom may flourish but we also ask for ourselves may we hear where we are called to go which local communities are we to engage with who needs to hear your words of life and receive your blessings May we who have received your blessing through Communion seek to share your love in the communities where we are and around us. If we'd read the last of the passages in today's le- lectionary, we would have heard of the violence caused by jealousy and pride, the unwillingness to hear criticism of ourselves and our actions. Open the eyes of us and our leaders to hear your criticism and to respect the critic. To hear the question that asks, why are we doing that? What do we hope to achieve? What is the next part of the plan? We pray for all the global conflicts that we can bring to mind be they Yemen, Ukraine, Gaza and the West Bank, Myanmar and no doubt many others that can't come to my mind immediately. May the actions of all parties be driven by a path to peace. May we, Find and support the voices of those caught up in conflict and calling for peace. And we specifically ask for your protection for the Christian communities in Palestine, those known to us individually, and I name Usama and Dawood and Muntha, among others. We ask that you shield them and particularly protect that as he travels here in two weeks' time. Bless him and his congregation during his absence. May we, who have received the sacraments and symbols of your body and blood, use our voices to call for peace and justice, and to ask our leaders how they are trying to achieve this. Amen. Lord,
3: of all hopefulness and joy, receive our gifts of money, time and talents, given in gratitude for all that you have given to us. Lord, of all eagerness and faith, receive our efforts and our labours as we offer all our days to you. Lord, of all kindliness and grace, receive our homes, hospitality and relationships, as we live your love into reality. Lord of all gentleness and calm, receive our whole lives from birth to death as offerings of peace given for the renewal of the world. And as we dedicate our lives to you, we ask for your blessing. And so we long for the blessing of Almighty God, our creator, redeemer and sustainer to be with us this day and forevermore. Amen.